I wake up and I'm just like, all right, coverage, 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 coverage. Let's make something freaking sweet. I want to not do it sometimes. And then I just can't. I wake up the next day. I'm just like, you wasted an entire day not working on this. Like, what is wrong with you? I remember personally how I felt when I would watch Star City coverage, how I felt mm -hmm. when I would watch GP coverage and Pro Tour coverage. And the fact that I could give even like 1% of that to somebody else, the fact that the content that I create is like especially unique mm -hmm. is very valuable in and of itself. If you're playing the game and you're doing what everybody else is doing, there's not a chance in hell you are going to ever win at that game. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just not possible. Anurag Das, or AnzadMTG, is a magic streamer turned magic coverage specialist. In 2022, when companies like Star City Games stopped providing live coverage of paper events, Anurag decided to carry the torch. Anurag traveled to several high-level magic tournaments throughout the year. He streamed all of them live on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash AnzadMTG. What's crazy about all this is not that Anurag is chasing his dream. Rather, it's the insane amount of dedication, work, and financial sacrifice involved, if we're being honest. If you love magic and magic coverage as much as I do, then you'll appreciate this deep dive into Anurag's process. This is Humans of Magic with Anurag Das. Anurag, what's going on? Hey, James, how's it going? It's been, it's been a hot second. Um, I feel like uh, we've talked a bunch, but I'm back. very excited to be back on uh, the podcast and uh, looking forward to dive into the details of what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the, are you the first patron of mine who's on the podcast? <laughs> I think Ooh. so. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you know, I'll be very, very honest. When it comes to like actually giving out money for a lot of uh, content, I'll just be honest. I'm pretty few and far in between. There's like maybe like six people in total. Your Patreon is one of them because I really just I think what you do is incredible, and so there it is. But yeah, if that's the if that's like a fun stat, I guess that's a fun stat. That's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it, uh, I didn't mean anything serious by that. I, I just I've always wanted to interview anyway. Like so, basically, what I do is I keep a list of people that I need to reach out to and like get mm -hmm. in the backlog. And your name has always been on there, especially with all the contents that you've been doing this year. A lot so of stuff like, this year, yeah. It's got absolutely nothing, hundred percent to do, uh, zero percent to do with the <laughs> Unless... Patreon or whatever. Uh, to be honest, I'm not that interested in legacy content anymore. So I, I think enough. it's just all the stuff that you're doing, like to branch out, is also yeah. what's super fascinating, right? Yeah. No, I think also like where I am as a content creator has certainly shifted from. You know, like back when I did the 365 day stream, it was like legacy every day. If it was only for half an hour, fine. But like now I think I'm on something that is um, significantly more interesting. Like imagine if you're like one of, one of those like like uh, bull riding uh, things and like this is like a much higher level and it's like harder to like manage and maintain and like there are twists and turns everywhere. But it's so satisfying when you can do it right. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, by the way, before we go into all the coverage stuff, are you how are you feeling? Like, are you feeling better? Because I know you had COVID for a little for a while, and I did. You look good today. Like people who are watching can see the video. Like you look pretty <laughs> good, but I mean, you never know, right? So it's it's the camera. It's one hundred and ten percent the the camera quality. I I came back from DreamHack. I I did get COVID at DreamHack, which was a little bit unfortunate. But I had all of my Thanksgiving break to, to rest and recover. So at least now I'm good. More importantly, like for Eternal Weekend coming up uh, next weekend, I am in a good state to travel. Uh, so that that is what was most important for me. I'm glad that 
like if I were to get sick, that the timing didn't cause me to cancel other plans, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I know this is not meant to be like so much on the catching up, but uh, also just like you're in a new place now, right? Because when I interviewed you back in 2020, you were, was it, I think it was San Diego or Houston or one of those places, but now you're yeah. in the Bay Area. Is that I right? am, yeah. So my wife got a job in uh, San Francisco. This is her dream city. I get to work wherever I want remotely, consulting, something like that. And so I was like, all right, let's just move up here. It is colder. It is more expensive. And I and I love the city a lot. It grew on me quite fast. I um, A lot of things I like about it you can't get in San Diego. It's like the Western version of New York, except a little bit cleaner. So And, and not as, like like erratic and as New York as New York is, but like, I really enjoy this city and, uh, it, it did take a while to get used to, but now I'm, I'm, I'm in love. Yeah. I, I think New York has a certain character. So when people say it's erratic, like it's actually in a lovable way where it's like when San Fran or the area is erratic, people just don't like it. So it's kind of like a <laughs> yeah. double standard in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, New York is weird. Cause I lived there for six months and it's just like, there is no place in the world like New York. And if you've been in New York, you know that if you've heard of New York, you probably know that. So like really comparing anything to New York actually is, is kind of unfair, but you know, San Francisco is like, it's just relaxing. This is just what it is. It's like California vibes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we go into specific events, I kind of wanted to know your mindset behind uh, coverage because you're one of the most prolific on the ground people now doing coverage and uh, your name constantly comes up whenever it comes to things because uh, I guess one, people know about you and number two, you're volunteering for doing the coverage, you're volunteering to do the coverage. So tell me about how you decided to kind of, because like when we talk was like a couple of years ago, you were more on the content side as in terms of like streaming your legacy gameplay or podcasting or doing your own thing, right? Basically doing your own gameplay, uh, doing your own things there. And to me, it kind of feels like you've pivoted. So talk to me about how that came about. Was it like really planned? Was it just kind of like it happened or like, what was it? Yeah, so I think the most interesting thing that people don't really think of when it comes to creating content is like the, the business side of thing. Any content creator probably is just like deeply immersed in all like the, the finances and the marketing and the logistics and the blah, 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 all the boring stuff that like most people don't really, you know, care about because it's just, it's not that interesting, right? But for me, I think the shift in, in, in my quote unquote content creation path happened when I realized like, all right. You know, I went to Philly, I had an event, had some viewers. Okay, then I went to the next event, you know, had some viewers. And then around the time that I went to Dallas in April, this is the first time that I actually had a little bit of help, um, you know, with a couple other people in like the, the production side of things. And the numbers were insane. Uh, and to me, what that screamed was like market demand, opportunity, things like that. You know what I mean? And that's when I was just like, all right, you know what? Like, normally I wouldn't be really interested in something like this, but I think because it is just like important and meaningful, I'm going to keep doing it. And I, and I kept doing it and I iterated every single time. And like, you know, that's how I ended up where I am right now. But like, I think for me, it was just like realizing that there are people out there who want to watch this, right? Because when you think of like Magic the Gathering, there's one thing that you think of, right? And it's just like paper gameplay, like 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 the Pro Tour, for example, right? It's so uh, 
it's just like one and one almost synonymous with like Magic the Gathering for me at least. You know, like getting up uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and watching like the Star City Games coverage of their standard, you know, 10K, and then the next day was Legacy, right? Like that was all of 2014 for me. Like every morning I would get up and I would just be glued to my computer. We don't really have that anymore, and as tragic as it is, there's like a lot of reasons why, and I think I could. I, I kind of understand it. It's expensive. I mean, actually, I definitely understand it because I'm literally doing it right now, sort of like experiencing it all. Um, and so, yeah, I just felt like there was a massive demand for it, no one to really provide the service. And to me, it's just like the, like, I don't want to say emotional, but just like the, the meaningfulness behind it is what really got to me. It's just like, if I don't do it, nobody else will. And this is something that is very important to literally the life and blood of Magic the Gathering. So I'm going to do it because I love Magic. Bang. Yeah. Also, timing-wise, it feels like this year things are starting to get a little bit back into normal, right? Like paper is yeah. on the menu. Uh, in, in North America and Europe, it seems like that has largely been the trend. People are like happy to play in events again, have the social side again. Um, I, I do want to ask, though, like in terms of what you call meaningful... Is it like meaningful to you, meaningful to the community, a combination? Like how, how exactly would you define that in terms of like being able to watch coverage? I think the best example is I was at Magic 30 talking to Jared Silva. Two people came up and they just said, hey, we really appreciate what you do. Without what you do, there would have been lots of matches that we just never would have been able to watch. I think uh, for Dallas, the winner, um, Travis, you know, he came up to me afterwards and was just like, Look, this is something that is just so important to me, like being able to like capture the the events of this tournament that I won. It was a $30,000 event. And like at the very end of the day, you know, like just imagine like two boxers that are in like the ninth round or whatever. They, everyone is tired. And now it's just like sheer raw willpower, skill, all the parts that make like, you know, magic so exciting, or at least the people behind the game, you know, that's where they get to express themselves. And being able to capture those moments, I think is just, it's iconic. Like, like magic has a history and these matches are part of the history. And to have these matches just disappear forever seems completely unacceptable to me. Just absolutely unacceptable. Um, and so when I say meaningful, I just mean more along the lines of like, it, like, look, I could wake up every day if I really wanted to and stream for four hours. Or like I could stream to like, you know, X amount of viewers and I could get the job done and things like that. But like, I don't feel like that is a solving a unique problem in the community, right? Like whenever I think of like what I want to do, it's this pretty straightforward, like business-wise, like, okay, is there a problem? And, you know, what is the solution? Let's execute the solution, that kind of deal, right? And so I feel like I'm impacting a lot of people by providing them with this specific type of content in a way that me just playing Legacy day in, day out, and even if I switch to Modern too, right? Like, I just feel like, and I probably should switch to Modern, but like, um, I just don't feel like uh, the meaningfulness of the content that I'm creating is at the same level, right? Because I think... It, it, it just goes down to like who can do what I do, and quite frankly, I think the answer right now is is maybe like there's like three, two or three people I could count on my hand that have the actual capacity to do it, and and like if I don't do it, nobody else will. We're just gonna lose timeless matches of Magic to to yeah, just. So there, there might be like only two or three of you that could do what you do in terms of coverage, but maybe there's like three hundred people that could uh, play Legacy at a high level or Modern at a high level or or whatnot. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly, right? And I think, like, while I will not say that playing matches of Magic on stream, like, for example, right, like, Everett, Spike, like, he does a great job streaming, 
um, and the kind of ent entertainment that he provides to his viewers and the kind of like lessons that he teaches to his viewers are incredible, right? He does that. He, he solves that role very well. There's no reason for me to also have to do that um, from like a utility perspective, right? Like I think, you know, watching Spike at 6-0 in like the Dallas events or whatever is like so remarkable. Like that that is a different type of value that I can provide. Um, yeah, and, and that, that that's just mostly it. Just like Magic as a whole, or Magic, sorry, has, you know, holes in certain places. Some people are plugging certain holes. I will go and plug the other holes. That kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will give you a, a devil's advocate contrarian uh, view, though, which is, or take, um, which is, like, you're really good at what you do, though, in terms of gameplay. Like, you're a high-level player. Like, you're not just somebody who, uh, not going to name any names, who, like, only does commentary, only does, like, entertainment or TikTok dances. Like, you're actually good at what you do. You Clearly, you've worked on your craft. you built up a viewership. And, um, I think I remember watching, it might've been like one of your typical, like, I just got out of bed. I'm going to play a challenge, uh, streams <laughs> and, uh, you crushed it. Like you were playing, I think you were playing Minsk and boo or, uh, yeah. in, in yeah. control. And it was just like, I mean, this is already at this point, I already not been playing that much legacy, but it's like, I had fun watching you and like seeing like your stream chat. I was mostly like just watching and not interacting, but it's like, People have fun watching you and they're like, and I learned something from watching you. So like, I think there's also like uniqueness in what you bring to, to your category, your niche. Right. And like, you are the legacy version of aspiring spike, I would say. So in terms of the total so, package and entertainment. Fair enough. Yeah. I think statistically, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I have really good numbers um i think uh if you look like the elo project mtg elo project from like way back when uh when it came to like legacy grand prix performance right up until bologna um i was like top 10 in the world right after bologna i dropped down to top 20 because i <laughs> jet lag i went two three i was like it was it was just a bad week spent too much time sleeping weekend. decks i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> yeah too much time sleeping decks exactly right like um but like I would say, yeah, like I can play magic. Like, and that's that's something in the back of my mind is just like I I think part of being a great content creator is also being able to just like okay, well this this well, is understanding of, the shit, right? Understanding what you're doing. Yeah, exactly, too. right? Like I think there there are two types of people that succeed on Twitch. The first um is the category of people that are just extremely entertaining, like like ungodly like entertaining. Uh the second is people who are just so talented at the game that you like you you close their channel and then next like next thing you know you're just like watching them again because they're like 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 Reed Duke for example right like I was watching Reed Duke today play vintage and he was like in the X3 bracket but I didn't give a shit because it was it's Reed Duke playing vintage you know like that is like to think of like someone who has that kind of grip and capacity even though they're not always doing well that's what it takes to be a great content creator and like Yes, in theory, like I can play matches of Magic and I can do well, and I understand a lot of like the the low level, high level, all sorts of theory for Legacy. But again, it just goes down to the point of like, I don't think there are enough people that can do what I do. So when it comes to my content, I have to make choices. I have to make sacrifices, right? Like I would love to develop my brand more than anything in the world because I think that is okay. This is another side. Like I think. Um, the transition between like pre-COVID, COVID, and now like pseudo post-COVID is that 
all the people that were very good players who failed to develop their brands are going to get left behind in the dust. Sam Black made a really good Twitter post the other day saying how, like, returning to competitive magic in 2022, he just didn't really feel like he belonged. And I, and I agree because I feel like now we are in the era of content creators. Commander is the most popular format for a reason. That's a small aside. But I think that tying back into what I would want personally for me, which is, quote-unquote, like, brand development, is something that I kind of just, like, have to give up. Um, because nobody else really can do what I do, right? So, like, it sucks because I, I have the capacity to do it. I really enjoy doing commentary, and that's probably the seat that I want to be in. I really enjoy being, you know, on stream playing just, like, matches of Magic. But if I have to pick and choose, like, it's one of those, like, adult decisions where, like, I don't get to do what I want to do because yeah. there's just such an overwhelming need for what I have to do. Yeah, or you look yeah. at it as a kind of a Venn diagram, right? It's like, what am I good at or passionate at? Mm -hmm. And what does the market need? And then you try to find some sort of like in between that satisfies you because right. I don't think you can ever do something that's just like, whatever the fuck I want to do. Like, it just doesn't happen when it comes to business or content, right? You have to yeah. make some concessions. So it seems like you're kind of like more at peace with like going in this route. Um, I'm only asking because I also... I'm wondering about the business viability, right? Like mm -hmm. you do say that is meaningful for the audience. Like, sure. I mean, the people who watch the stream, but will those people actually like help you monetize, right? I mean, that's the million dollar question yeah. is like, yeah. yeah, there's a need, but there's a lot of things in the world. This is, again, this is a contrarian take. So don't, don't get me wrong. Right. Like, like, and I don't know all the details, but, um, it's like, there's a lot of things in the world that have needs but are they commercially viable, right? Either for as an industry or for you personally? The answer to that question is absolutely not. <laughs> like not even close, not even remotely close. Like if I had to guess the reason why Star City Games just kind of like after the pandemic just came back with no coverage for the SCG Con, no players championship and things like that, it's just finance. It's just really what it is. Like it's the bottom line, right? Like, like coverage at the end of the day really is just a, a glamorous marketing tool, but I see it like... <sighs> It's 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 a marketing tool that I still think is very important. Um, the problem is is like, as a company or as an individual who is investing money into it, you really just have to think like, am I getting my money's worth out of it? And I could almost guarantee that Star City Games probably wasn't. Um, I know Cedric Phillips has gone on the record on Twitter just saying many 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 times how people just like don't know about anything compared like related to coverage and. After having or anything done, financial, I dare say, maybe when it comes to like the unit yeah. economics and such, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like like it's it's so tricky to like talk about stuff when like none of the information is really public. But Cedric, mm -hmm. having seen it all like behind the scenes, and to a degree, me also having gone through this process, and like now I know, like okay, this is how much it costs for each show. This is how much I get doing this. This is how much I'm in the red. Like you know, it is. It's it's really hard to argue for the viability or the success of something like this unless there are like radical changes in the project or pro in the product or, or at least the development of the product and and that is one of the things that like you know moving forward in 2023 i think i'm going to have to put a lot more energy and effort into it's interesting too because like the other day i was just talking to my wife and i was like look you know we have a house that we need to buy, right? And San Francisco is expensive, so I'm trying to save up money. But the amount of money that I have spent on coverage this year, which I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm sure you want to know this number, so I will tell you right now. My spreadsheet says two six four three four dot five three. That is how much money I have spent personally 
like out five, of pocket. Five figures, right? Twenty. Yeah, yes. Twenty six k. Okay. Right. Like so this like means like the cost of like the travel and like just just your your time or like maybe to pay certain people. Like it's it's a lot of different things, right? Yeah. So the breakdown goes like this: it's it's equipment, um, labor costs, and then travel costs. Right. Those are the big main three things. Uh, equipment, I'm happy to buy because it's the kind of investment that like you will reap the benefit of over time like let's say you spend like six hundred dollars on a camera right and you use that camera 15 times during the year for 15 different shows nice that's about like forty dollars or exactly forty dollars a show the hard part is like costs like uh recurring costs like you know internet for example right so i went to valley forge in philly for one of their events there's a 500 hundred dollar internet fee that's a one and done kind of deal i can't like really extract value out of that um except for in that one show uh, same thing with casters. Casters are pretty expensive. I think I pay like a reasonable rate. I, I like to give my casters about $25 a round or whatever it is because, you know, first of all, I, I don't believe in like free labor and things like that. People have offered. And even in those situations, I generally say like I'd still like to pay you because I find your time is pretty valuable. But like over the course of time, you know, that is something that is also like it adds up. It's expensive, that kind of deal. And it's not like an insane rate either, but I would like to think that it's like com competitive with like other mm -hmm other platforms and things like that. Maybe like wizards aside, wizard pay wizards pays like some other numbers. Like, um, that <laughs> hey, I good probably... on you for paying a, a fair rate. I, good on yeah. you. Yeah. And then the other, the other part is just like every single flight, every single like hotel night or every single Airbnb or whatever ways I have to like cut costs, things like that. And then even like, this is also like not including so, like, if you think about, like, you go on a business trip and you're like, all right, well, let me expense, like, you know, everything because that's, you know, if you're yeah, literally meals, being uprooted from... hotel accommodations. Yeah. Right. Like meals, like Ubers, none of that is factored into this number that I give you. So if I probably added all that stuff in as well, it's probably easily over 30K. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, like, there are a couple, like, revenue inputs that I've tried throughout the year. I'm not going to say they're the greatest um, and we can get into that whenever, but... In general, like those are the three major costs. And I would say like what's interesting is is like now that I have the infrastructure mostly set up. Oh, and this also doesn't include my labor at all. Like I like I have I yeah. my personal labor is worth personal zero. time, yeah. Right. When in reality, like if I had to guess, like professionally, this would cost at least seven fifty to a thousand dollars a day, like like in the real world. Like like big kids, big prices, like actual stuff. That kind of is where the that would the rate would fall, but like, mm -hmm. again, zero. So like, I'm not, I'm not even factoring any of that sort of stuff into play. Um, now that being said, uh, yeah. So I said there was, those are the three like main buckets. Um, from now moving forward, I would say that each show with like the tech sort of figured out the internet costs now sort of like downsized to like the minimum that I need to have a good show. I'd say each show is about $2,500 in addition or just like, like in total costs. And that's like travel mm -hmm. hotel casters and then whatever, like, tech stuff doesn't include uber doesn't include food all that kind of stuff that i would normally expense but like that's that's the goal for each show and i, I struggle to figure out a way to sort of sustain that but there are dark methods and dark techniques in order to to get there and also like i will say like this is where i go back to like <clears throat> sort of like the earlier discussion that i was having which is like brand development um i do believe that developing your brand is something that will cost money and so the way that I justify ex like you know all these expenses is that you know now people know of me as like quote unquote like the coverage guy which is like kind of a thing thing um but 
that is sort of how I reap personal value out of it. Like I may not necessarily get dollars out of this, but mm -hmm. at least, you know, people are starting to recognize me and like the effort that I put into my work. And I, and I think like, you know, normally it's, it's funny because like two years ago, if you talk to me, like, I think we even had a conversation about how, like, I am sort of like a very humble person just because of the way that I was like my Asian culture, or whatever. Nowadays I have sort of like started transitioning to like, look, I'm the shit. I know I'm the shit and I need your help. You know what I mean? Cause that's yeah. the sort of transition that I realized like that has been spurned by like necessity, which is like, if I, I, I can't do this myself over time. So the community or like, other people, other companies in the in the environment really mm -hmm. need to pull together. Otherwise, we have a product that is very valuable, considerably cheaper than any other alternative that might just, like, disappear for good, right? So, like, mm. I don't know. I, I know it sounds kind of weird to talk about, like, coverage from, like, a, the sort of, like, really, like, money-crunching, like, business sort of side. But realistically, like, that is for any product of this value that requires this much to, to sort of, like, keep the wheels turning like that's the only way you can think about it oh no i mean it's not weird at all um in fact i this is the part thank you for being so transparent about it mm. um i do have a few questions on top of this which is number one like um do you have do you see like a a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of like going from red to black there must be some sort of end game that you're implying that you can actually turn it around it can be break even or positive or profitable in the future. Um, what do you think those methods could be for you? Well, yeah, so it's really interesting. I I actually had a conversation with Travis Gafford about, so he's like a League of Legends personality who was sort of in the same situation that I'm in. I'm not gonna really speak too much to it, like, like how it's like similar or different, but like he, you know, basically became like a, um, like a third party freelance caster interviewer kind of deal and he converted that into like a, a major business of his own which is very very exciting right and i'm somewhat in those shoes in the in those steps uh the big downside though is it's just like the the universes that we live in so he lives in the world of league of legends and in that in that world you have like you know riot games you've got tencent you've got all these esports organizations that exist there right i'm from magic the gathering and we just don't have those same like heavy hitting personality industry company whatever um brands even like in this world like we don't have logitech we don't have razor we don't have intel so like the the ultimate goal i would say is to just keep scaling this project um so for example let me give you like my average viewership if i bust open a stream today i think i can maybe like if the content is like like not miserable i'd say about like 200 250 ccvs right um Sorry, concurrent, concurrent viewers, so just like average viewership. If I bust open one of these streams, this is how you know that this is a very viable product. Is like three to four x the viewership, right? Like, I, I, which is which is insane um, for someone of my my size and you know just my my background, like for streaming and things like that. So the the, the idea is that if I just keep growing and growing and growing and growing, eventually, I would hope someone would notice and be like, "Wow, you have really good numbers." We want to be on those numbers. Here's some money, right? Like that is that is the ultimate. Like that was like or maybe the base an acquisition part. of some sort. Maybe yeah, if you even, represent even yourself that, like, as an LLC or as a as a as a corp or something, right? Right, 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 right. So like, eventually, I would hope that like if I get big enough, someone would notice. But the problem is, is that because I live in this the world of magic, it's really hard for me to provide value to yeah. 
Logitech, right? Like, like what is lo- like what is Intel going to do with paper magic, right? Like Intel mm-hmm. wants to is in the business of like selling like computers and computer parts and things like that. And I'm sure mm-hmm. like they like also want like exposure in their own ways because magic is completely unexplored when it comes to like um, esports orgs and things like that. I can maybe name like three or four people like Crokies, maybe mm-hmm. Tempo, Caleb, uh, Seth Manfield's on Envy. Mm-hmm. Like, like very, 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 very few. And I'm not even sure, like, if I scaled up to, like, my target would be, like, if we could get 3,000 viewers for these broadcasts, right? For Dallas, we were able to, in April, for Dallas, we were able to hit 3,000. But I think that was, like, a one-and-done kind of deal because it was, like, all the hype was there. It was the first like, return to coverage. People were really mm-hmm. excited. And then after that, like, things, like, really did plummet. And uh, those numbers we can also talk about in a little bit too. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just worry that like like I get to the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, and then I I look outside and I just see there's like nothing there, right? Like, yeah, like Is nobody's that really it, interested. Right? That's kind of the the concern. Yeah, because yeah. who's who's done this? Nobody actually knows the answer to this, and I'm sure like you know. Okay, let, let me put it this way, too. Like, I've reached out to a lot of, like, companies in the Magic the Gathering universe, like like Ultra Pro, Ultimate Guard, like, all these people, right? Like, mm-hmm. Dragon Shield, too. Like, and it's it's hard for it's hard for me to even, like, pitch myself to them, which is something that I've been working on this year, like, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to, like, get better at, like, showing people the value in what I'm doing. But, like, when you think about it, like, what's – well, like, how, how would you sell yourself to a company, right? The first thing you do is you get in their shoes and you say, okay, well, what's important to them? There's only one thing that's important, and that's just the bottom line, money. Like, how can you, you know, get dollars into their pockets? Yeah, and how do I move my product, whether it's sleeves or cards or whatnot, right? Right. And so that's where it gets tricky because I can't really guarantee people, like, hey, like, hey, Dragon Shield, like, you know, people are going to watch my stream. I'll put – I'll plaster you all over. I like every single nook and cranny, but I can't guarantee sales, right? Like mm-hmm. even for like the one time like TCG players sponsored my stream, it was really dicey because like what they wanted to see was like, okay, how many people are going to click your link and buy stuff from our website? And the number wasn't really that high. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it wasn't. It wasn't right. like it wasn't like good enough from from my standards to think that I'm providing them sufficient value. And so that's where it gets really tricky because like. Look, I'm not going to like bullshit around with these companies. If I cannot provide you value, I'm not going to approach you, right? Like they, because that's just wasting their time, that's wasting my time and it's potentially burning bridges yeah, in the future. Yeah, your reputation where could... matters too. So yeah, Exactly, right? Like I don't want this to be like some sort of like I don't want to be like inflate the numbers or anything like that. So Right. Exactly. Yeah. You you kind of get it, right? So it's 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 tricky because at the end of the day like there is a product, I got to figure out how how it's useful to people, and that's kind of what I'm in the middle of right now and Mm -hmm. i don't know i also kind of get the feeling that these companies have like been burned before by magic players who Mm -hmm. like sign up with them like like think about like team card hoarder like way back in the day right like card hoarder great i love them i use them every day not not literally not sponsored but like okay technically yes but like not in the scope of this thing but like they used to have a team right where they would send people off to the pro tour and then they just canceled the team because they were like well it's just not worth our money to do this we don't like somebody wears our shirt that doesn't convert to sales for us. Why are we doing this, right? Yeah, so, yeah. There was an right. age back back then where like companies yeah. were more willing to just splash money, to be honest. And I think yeah. also this year with the 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 whole global landscape, it's also harder um, because companies are just tightening their belts, right? So yes. maybe you're maybe you're onto something, but it's just not working into 2022. You never know, right? It could just mm-hmm. be a lot of timing as well. Yeah. 
So right now, like the process, how like I generate a majority of my revenue for supporting this is um, through really, 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 really un. Okay, I shouldn't say unfortunate, but I'm going to say unfortunate because like I'm not like. I do a lot of sponsored streams by companies like Raid Shadow Legends or like Marvel Strike Force. And like, it's the kind of stuff that like, I'm not very passionate about, but they also pay a lot of money. And so yep. like, at some point, what I've learned is that like, if I don't sell out, my product will die. If my product dies, people don't get to watch coverage. That is not okay. Right. Yep. Like this. And, and, and I do want to like, kind of like dial in on this because I think. I've thought about this a lot. It's just like, why do I do this? Right? Like I see the number in big red, red letters. It's just like, you, you know, you should not be doing this because it's like not good for you. Right. Five digits. Um, and yet, you know, something about something about coverage is just like, I, I literally, I, I, I can't, I cannot like, like I want to not do it sometimes. And then I just can't, I wake up the next day. I'm just like, you wasted an entire day not working on this, like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? I think I watched a video of, like, Hassan uh, Minhaj. Do you know, do you know? Um, he's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the the comedian. Uh, exactly, yeah. right? And well, so he, he does was, a lot of things, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So he talked about, like, what art was for him. And for him, he was just like, art is, like, when you have a message that you want to get out, right? And, like, it's, um, like it, it, you just cannot hold yourself back like you have to get it out right for me that's kind of like what coverage is it's just like every like not every but like many living breathing moments like i'll be like what did i do today to improve the quality of my broadcast did i do something good like you know what did i do today to like sort of beat the the restrictions and uh you know uh whatever it is of like the environment that i'm working in did i make some progress here like no then today did not like was not a successful day like you just you like and then tomorrow like whip yourself into shape and then get shit done you know cuz like there's just no time to like not think about this like yeah. almost entirely otherwise like you know just here, like here's here's how here's here's the interesting thing too right is like um for for twitch you're familiar with like subscriptions it's like what viewers yeah, yeah. will give you when you know they want to show like financial support um, what's really interesting to me is like these subscriptions tie directly to, um, whenever I'm doing a show, right? So like, like right now I'm at about 166 subscribers. I'm like literally looking at the number right now, which is like not bad for magic. I think it's pretty bad for someone of my size in the grand scheme of Twitch. Um, but that is a different analytical conversation for later. But what's really interesting to me is like, I can see like the ebbs and the flows of when I'm doing better when I'm doing well, right? Um, and it almost always scales exactly with uh, days of broadcasts, mm -hmm. right? I am basically only relevant when those broadcasts are live, and after that, people just like forget, right? Like so, mo most people. I I'm, I'm going to put an asterisk on that because I think there are a couple people out there who are just like really just like tried and true maniacal believers and, and lovers of paper paper coverage, and they are absolutely like supportive you know just like the rodney bedells or the britney davises or like the michael caffrey's of this world right like these people like truly believe in the work that i'm doing and they show it with their wallets too which is great um it's kind of like the uh and I, i'm just I, we have some time so i'm just gonna like tangentially just keep talking but like you know like when you're making content the idea is not that you have 
you know, a million people giving you $1, but you have like a thousand people giving you a hundred dollars a year. And that's yes. how you create your salary, right? Like you, you're not trying to like get everybody on your side. You're just trying to find the few fanatics who truly believe in what you are doing and the kind of, kind of content. Yeah. It's, you know. uh, it's the Kevin Kelly, right? Was it like 10,000 true fans or. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like, you're not trying to get everybody. You're trying to find your niche and the world is basically large enough or with the internet, like it's large enough so that you can find like really targeted fans of yours. Right. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, absolutely. The whales of your, your content. So, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. What's really interesting. And I, and I don't mean this in a bad way. And I, and I also don't mean this in a sense of like, so here, here's the thing, right? As like a content creator, entitlement is like the worst thing that you could possibly ever embrace, but it, it is a struggle to see sometimes like, you know, somebody who, um, streams but like maybe isn't quote unquote like as successful like numerically or like by by like metrics wise and then when you look at like their sub count and they're just like five six seven times yours and i'm just like to me like okay i'm not like ah shit like magic players they're not giving me money like instead i'm just like damn like this does this this speaks to my like value am i actually providing something valuable which is mm -hmm. kind of like one of those tough things as a content creator to like not get tied into the numbers being like a representation of yourself. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like now that the, the bottom line is like slowly creeping up and crawling behind me, it's one of those things that I do ask myself. Now that being said, like, I will also say like, I will also say like, I uh, recently put up like a, a GoFundMe and yeah. um, it was really, 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 really like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it kind of just like, was really heartwarming to see the community sort of come together uh, and, and just like say out loud, like, hey, look, what you're doing is important. What you're doing provides value. And and the community stands behind you on that. And that is that is something that like, I look, I don't really cry, but like at sometimes I like, some people will come up and I'll just think about it the, the next day. I'm just like, you know, these people said such kind words to me and like, I truly feel like what I'm doing is meaningful. That's what I mean by meaningful, right? Like when you when you are actually able to like, provide something of value to somebody else that is that is like really just changing for them like in a sense of like like we like high stakes magic and like we 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 feel emotions and like mm -hmm. it's because of the work that you provide thank you you know like so mm -hmm. that's that's sort of tying back into that but it's tricky it's 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 super tricky because like i feel like um i've put a lot of my time my like my tears my energy my blood all everything into this right so yeah. sometimes like seeing it fail is like not fail, but just like not seeing it succeed as much as I want it to yeah. is um, certainly it just, it just, you know, it's not. Yeah, no, no, I look, I, um, I'm going to say I'm not in the same domain you're in for content, mm -hmm. but I would be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about like the art of content uh, all the time. The Hassan interview you mentioned, I think I watched him on Colin Samir. I watched yep. that interview That's like exactly three, saw, four yeah. times. Like, um, I think I've kept, I saved that clip. Like I watch all that stuff. So I am very, very passionate about the creator economy. Mm -hmm. I'm also very aware, just like you are about your craft. Like I am like deep, deep, deep in the red. Like I, I don't, some days I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Literally this, this podcast or this video podcast, it's like there's no rational motive to do it. Like I should probably be working at McDonald's if I wanted to make more money doing <laughs> this, but yeah. there's something that just keeps me tied to it. And there's almost like 
I can't speak for you, but there's almost like this sort of like stubborn uh, arrogance where it's like, I want to, I want to see this thing succeed because I don't want to ever go to like, Oh, James is now doing legacy gameplay or like EDH um, gameplay. I just don't want to be like the million other creators who are doing that, but I know it's viable. So I'm not trying to um, attack anybody. But I want to have my own lane. And I feel like you're also someone who wants to carve out your own lane and you will die like trying to do that. And it's like, like you're trying to prove something to yourself, right? I mean, it's, it's tricky because as content creators, we need to prove something to ourselves, but at the same time, we need the numbers and the community validation. So it's kind of messed up, but, um. I it's think a about sick this a game. Lot. It really, it really is. Yeah. It's like it's like the final level. Sorry if this games, is a right? big tangent, but I, I can't help but think about this as you're talking. No, I think there's a lot of value in what you're saying, and I and I do feel it too in a way. And this goes back to what I'm saying in the sense of like, like okay, at the end of the day, like I must provide value, right? And it's not just like any type of value. It needs to be like meaningful value that can like translate into I I, I don't know like like if I if I if I streamed every day, like, you know, just magic gameplay, I wouldn't be, it's not something that really like is fulfilling to me. Like I, I, like I get it. Like there are a couple people that, you know, really do enjoy it. But in terms of like what else I could be doing with my time, like, let me, let me put it this way. Like the numbers clearly show that working on this is having a much larger impact on the community than just doing my day-to-day -day streaming. Right? Like this is like you mentioned, like this is something that I've found out that I can do that I'm very good at. And it has snowballed into a lot of amazing things. I've met a lot of amazing people, a lot of amazing opportunities that I just never would have gotten if I was just like, all right, well, you know, here's day number 3,400, like whatever, of, of me playing Legacy Control one more time. Let's haha get into it, right? Like that to me is more just like I'm like, like shooting the shit in like my magic club with a bunch of people like that I'm, I'm, that I just like, it, it's just like, it doesn't, speak to me you know what i mean like there yeah. are a lot of times where like even during that like whole year of streaming where i was just like i don't want to be here today like i don't want to be doing this because it doesn't it doesn't like resonate with me as much as possible and here's the more important thing too is just like you're right like everybody else is doing it right and like if you're playing the game and you're doing what everybody else is doing there's not a chance in hell you are going to ever win at that game you know what i mean like it's it's just not possible you like what Becoming one with the crowd does not get you out of the crowd. It literally just puts you in the crowd, right? So I think the fact that the content that I create is, like, especially unique mm -hmm. is very valuable in and of itself. Um, yes, I am extremely invested in this project, but I think that's also because, like, for, for me, I, maybe it's like my brain is broken or something. I don't really know. Like, But I, I wake up and I'm just like, all right, coverage, 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 coverage. Let's make something freaking sweet. Because mm -hmm. I remember personally how I felt when I would watch Star City coverage, how I felt mm -hmm. when I would watch GP coverage and Pro Tour coverage. And the fact that I could give even like 1% of that to somebody else, I, I feel like I cannot, I mean, I probably could, but that, like. It feels I, like a superpower, right? Like it, you're it is. one of it really only is. a handful and, of people that could wake up and do it. So Yeah. And, and I've never really tried to like break down what causes me to wake up in the morning and just like have that kind of drive where I'm like every day there must be progress. 
but maybe that's just part of what it is because I don't feel the same way about streaming regular Magic. I just I just don't think like and even like results wise too. I think the results do play a big factor in it. Um, it is very satisfying to see a conversion in something that you work really hard on, right? Like for streaming, I would stream and I would get like 250 followers in a month streaming mm-hmm. legacy, right? Like that is just like you put like 60 hours into something and then you get 250 followers. That is not uh, the recipe for success, right? Because at the end of the day, like if you're if you're doing anything business-wise, you always want to approach it. You want to you work smart, not hard kind of deal. Yeah. And it would be cool if like it was 250, then 500, then 1,000. Yeah, how does it scale, like right? Right, yeah. but that's not how it works in Magic, like it, or or streaming in general. It's just like it's a very static growth, and you either have to like find like something that just like makes you snap. Like for example, I think like there were two streamers that were created by Modern Horizons Two. The first is Aspiring Spike, and the second is Doomwake. And I think without that set, things would have been a lot slower for them. I mean, they're great content mm-hmm. creators, and I think they were able to also like capitalize on the new set and use that to push themselves like to like mm-hmm. that next level of, of of streaming or whatever it is and in the same yeah sense you have that... to keep in mind survivorship bias they're one of they're only two people in this extremely right. large pool of streamers right yeah i've actually talked to spike on the podcast about oh like timing in timing the uh modern horizon stuff like yeah um, absolutely. he's very open about being right place right time there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. but it was like a decade of like working on magic and working on his game to even be in a spot. So it's like, yeah, it's so hard. I don't, I don't have any other point other than just like, it's so hard. Like, <laughs> like, and, and no one's going to be the next spike, like, or the next Anu, like they have to be themselves. Like it, yeah. in the same way, like all these things about like being the next Mr. Beast or the next Ludwig, like that's all super flawed because like, if you're not in the top 1% of what you do, mm-hmm. like you don't have a chance. Like, this is what I was saying like, earlier, right? Like, like, the, the like you're doing something creators. which you're trying to put yourself into that top 1%. So yeah. like, good on you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I think if I hadn't played legacy as much as I did beforehand, zero shot that I'd be in this position because like, like, oh, really? the same thing is like how I got off the ground with streaming was I, it was, you know, I'd be at work and I would be like, all right, here's really cool magic stuff going on. And then I would notice nobody's online at exactly two o'clock PM on East coast time every day. Right. This is my time. I'm live. You know what I mean? And and like that's just the right time, the right place, and stumbling into it almost. But it does. It, does, it certainly does take time and, and things like that. There's no way you'll wake up one day and just like randomly be able to skip all the hard work that goes into any of this stuff. And that's just how life is in general, right? They, mm-hmm. Everybody puts in the sweat. Unless you get really, really lucky, do not count on getting really, really lucky because just you're not that guy kind of deal. You know what I mean? Every I don't know. I feel like a majority of the people that are like you, right? For example, you have put in so much effort into this podcast series, and that is why I think you are successful, right? And you put out a good product, and people like what you do, and that is why I think you're successful. Not because like you one day was just like, hey, I'm gonna find Reed Duke or you know Spike, and I'm gonna appeal to all their fans. Like, no, like you calculated this, you you spent the time, you put the hours in, and same with anybody who is successful or most people who are successful. Like, like they put the work in so i mean yeah. thank you for the kind words i actually don't feel i'm i'm successful or at least i'm not where i want to be but mm-hmm. um that's what keeps me going right and i did make a very intentional move this year to like go into weekly and go into video because i think like these are things that i needed to do and there was a, honestly there was just a lot of like irrational fear holding me back from doing that in the past like oh yeah. you know can i find the time to do it um am i going to figure out how to edit videos which um uh, you know, now I can make, you know, thumbnails. I couldn't do that like three months ago. Um, I, you know, but it's, it's, 
there's a lot of stuff that just holds you back. And it's like, it's like now I actually have a little bit of regret, even though regret's not healthy. It's like, fuck, I should have done the YouTube channel like three years ago, two years ago. Oh, I I'm, like... I'm in the same boat as you. In fact, I am literally swimming right now in my, my fear of like going all in on YouTube because I, when I went all yeah. in on Twitch, I was yeah. like, I know how much work it takes to do this. And yeah. it's just like looking up at the cliff and you're like, I have to yeah. climb this. And I just, cause you know that when you, when you make that intention to climb, then it's like, it's a grind. Like, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, you're the one who turned me on to, to Devin Nash and I've been a huge fan of his. I'm also a patron of his now. Um, he's very well known for talking about Twitch versus YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. so I can't help, but think about that, you know, when talking to you, right. Is, is, yeah, is, me, I mean, I'm in the same boat. If I could yeah. go back in time, back to 2017, right before I turned on my first stream, I'd punch myself in the face and be like, record this and put it on YouTube. <laughs> and then just like, <laughs> or I'm designed sure it for I'd... YouTube at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, <sighs> I, this, that's the one thing I will say, like, if anybody is listening to this and you're like debating on content creation, don't touch Twitch, just get away from this platform. Cause it's so much, I mean, like do both. The, the reality is like do both, but like, also do it smartly. Don't like, you know, make two pieces yeah. of content. You take the same piece of content, blah, blah, blah. There's so much theory about this out there that everyone can like look into, but like YouTube, I wish I had started there. I also just think it's healthier for magic in general because magic is long form content. Um, it mm -hmm. does a lot of like calculation and thought process and things like that. They get involved in there. Um, but that is also a separate conversation. So I'm not going to like yeah. drill too deep in it. Okay. But... So I got another question about the going from red to black and yeah. I'll preface this to say that I have this bad habit of like sounding like I'm trying to problem solve for people on this show. So I'm not if trying to do this. I'm problems, just offering a perspective. So like if you look at like the traditional players, like uh like a uh, SCG, right? Yep. They do content, uh, they do coverage and they can justify it by like, I'm selling cards. So mm -hmm. have you thought about like, you know, how do I push the Anu brand beyond just subscriptions? Right? Like, can people like, should people be able to buy, Anu's merch or like something that is like a high margin item, whatever that is like, yeah. uh, or tell them to go to, uh, go to your Patreon or something because it like it, the, because it doesn't take 50% like Twitch, right? Like, are you, are you, are you thinking about those things as well? Like kind of like taking that traditional model of how coverage was viable and flipping it for your own personal gain. Yeah, so actually, this is a conversation that yeah, I don't know if Wilson ever talked to you about this, um, but I, I one day I was just walking in in New York while my friend was visiting from Dubai, and I was just like, "Wow!" I don't I think I heard this. I don't think I heard anything about Dubai. So yeah. Okay. Well, no, no, it's, it's not. It's not Dubai, Dubai. But like, I was we were just walking. He was talking to me about this exact same question. He was like, "Well, like you've got." seems like you've figured out the product, but how are you going to make money off of it? And we were just talking and then suddenly like it clicked for me and it was just like, well, okay, look, I can't buy cards. Okay. I can't sell cards, but what I could do is redirect people to like buy and sell cards. Right. So like to, to answer your question, I'll just say like right now, like, yes, there are a lot of like other monetization strategies that I'm thinking of. But one thing I like immediately called Wilson. I was like, Wilson, look, I have this idea. You're going to think it's so smart. You're going to think it's so great. Listen, I'm going to stream on Twitch. Why don't I put the cardboard live extension on and then like you can just like link to any TCG play like seller or something like that so that people can buy cards as they're watching like the finals of this event. They're like, oh, wow, Breach is going to, you know, win in, in like two seconds. Might as well buy some grinding stations like, like like that kind of thing. Right. I mean, like I think I think there's value in coverage because there's like critical information that you get only from coverage. Right. Like which is like 
living and breathing in the moment of you know what's going to win, why it's going to win, because you're watching. You can see that this card was really clutch in this matchup. And Wilson was like, yeah, I've had this idea before as well, and it just didn't pan out because logistics. And I was just like, ah, shit. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm kind of interested in too, right? Like, now we have, like, whatnot. Now we have what drip. Not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, those yeah. are probably um, platforms that I should look into a lot more seriously uh, than than I am right now. And I'm going to say two things about that. The first is, realistically speaking, what's probably happening is the same thing. I'm looking at a cliff and whatnot and drip are all the way at the top. Second thing is, is... um. No, that, that's the that's just like it's it's probably one of those things where like I'm just like oh oh no no there is a second thing too it's just that uh, and this is something that is interesting as well it was just like as my product slowly expands um, I find that as one single person there's a lot of times where I'm just stretched too damn thin right because for yeah. every next show I have to like find casters who's available I have to like make graphics all right cool i have to make sure that all my equipment is ready and i have to also make sure that there's something new in the next show that i'm trying out or testing out like you know what i mean like so like at, at the end of the day it's just like what i really need how, how to do you do... scale your output right because everything has an yes. opportunity cost so it's like you have to focus on the most important things to literally have the coverage working so you don't have that much time for like all the right. little things right or something right. what i would like to do is like literally hire somebody so that I could offload some of these responsibilities so I don't have to think about this sort of stuff. But then it gets tricky because, like, revenue. Everything is just boils down to how much money are you making? Can you afford to do this? I know the answer is no, therefore I do it myself. It's the same thing with, like, video editing. Is just, like, I would much rather, like, hire a video editor for YouTube videos than ever have to edit a video myself because I despise editing, unlike you, which is why I think uh, <laughs> a, either A, you're crazy, or B, you just, like, have found something that you really do enjoy. I think um, it's just luck. Like, I could have really hated it in another dimension, but yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah but, so yeah, I, I think um, in, in, in that sort of sense, like, it just boils down to, all right, I need to figure out the revenue streams first, and and, like, while I would say, like, in theory, there are ways to make this so I'm not going broke, in order to hire somebody, you have to be in the green to, like, have a budget for them. And so that that's yeah, where it gets... it's so tough to spend money on things yes. like that when you're in the red. That's so y tough. Yes. And, and here's the other thing, too, right? Like, like, when I was telling you, like, my cost breakdown beforehand, one thing that I told you was, like, all right, I have travel. I have my own labor costs, right? I eat all that up. But in what universe, like, I just don't think there exists another person like me who is willing to not get paid like that. Like, I mean, like, I, like, and, and what, like, no. I, realistically, reasonably speaking, why would anybody not want to get paid for the work that they do, right? Like, who else in this world is like, coverage is a passion project for me, and I'm willing to sink as much money as this other guy, like five digits worth of like dollars into this. Like nobody, nobody, nobody is like that. Cause what I'm I think it's also about your value system, because I think there are like less scrupulous or less ethical operators that are willing to just like game people's like passion and just like, and I'm, I'm saying you're not one of those people. So it's like, that's right. important too. Is like being true to yourself. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a, to make sure that whoever I'm with, like, cares enough because this very interesting situation that i ran into the other day um another coverage team was working on a project and like uh the owner okay hold up i'm not gonna uh, this is actually anonymize it right yeah yeah exactly right right so like the person that was in charge of of like technical production was like 
like a literal like investor in the company, right? So obviously this person's going to be very tied to the success of the show. Then when he like, you know, sort of outsourced the job to somebody else, you could clearly tell that the other person who did not have that same level of investment in the company just didn't do as good of a job because like they like it's the same thing as like me, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I cannot not think about this product succeeding. Uh, every, every because it represents moment. you, your brand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, re it represents me and like my quality of work. I and like I don't want to like go out there and look sloppy. That's just like not who I am. That's not how I was brought up. So like mm -hmm. uh, that's to find somebody else who would feel the exact same way. I just think it's impossible. I just, I just, I just think it's straight up impossible. I also don't know enough people, so maybe it's it's probably not impossible. But like the the bottom line is, is like money could technically solve this issue. Um, but it's but the right person or people have to be there too. You can't exactly. just throw yeah, money yeah. at it. Otherwise, you're just burning money, literally yeah. burning, wasting. Yeah. So scaling is really hard, really, really hard. Um, but with is there a model money... where you could kind of do it? The because just for people who are listening, like Wilson is my uh, Wilson Hunter is my co-founder for CBL, and uh, uh, we kind of got roped in together because like it was a it was a venture, it was a it was a startup. You know, like we 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 made it a company. We thought that this could, um, you know, have a lot of future potential. So is there a way that you could potentially like get a partner on board or like figure out like, you know, maybe maybe making this a, a startup or making this like some sort of like equity play could yeah. like, allow you to to find the talent? Because in the end, like, uh, you know, yeah, you know what I mean, right? Like, so there's I like do, different ways to, to do it. Yeah. So for what it's worth, like I did make a company this year and then, you know, just like it was mostly for like finances and things like that. But like that, that sort of, it does exist now. And like, again, like I'm very clearly not doing this for the money. Like I think mm -hmm. there are much more valuable things that are more important than the money, like literally just getting magic coverage in front of people to watch. But then also mm -hmm. like if I, if I could tell you about all the connections that I've made this year, like the networking exercise that this has mm -hmm. been, I, I would say that that, value i would not as like streaming legacy every day i would not have been able to ever 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 acquire so like yeah i don't know it's yeah like and and so the the, the issue is is also just like if i could find somebody like you know like the the wilson to my you know james like that'd be sweet um i just it's kind of weird but like in, in 2022 i feel like it's very hard to go out just like meet new people uh and sort of like find someone who is as like crazy as I am about something like this. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm sure that person is somewhere. And if they ever want to like, you know, get into the mud as deep as I am in on this, I'm more than happy to work on this. It's just yeah. like, I, I but I, I wouldn't play around. Like I'd be like, Hey, like, yeah. this is something that you must bleed for because yeah. that is the extent to which I'm going to. And I need because you're bleeding as for all in as I am. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah I mean, um, so yeah, let, let's get to the cover stuff. Like, I, I, you know, part of this is kind of like the retrospective as well. Mm -hmm. um, oh, where do you want to, I mean, I, I'm pretty flexible. Do you want to start from the beginning of the year? Sure. Do you want to like go with the more recent stuff? Like, yeah, uh, let's start with the beginning because I think, uh, well, it, honestly, there's not even that much to say about this. I, I, you know, I, it's funny because I was thinking about my first event, which was SCG Con Philly. Um, I think this was one of the first events that Star City had announced. Give me an idea. Was this like the first quarter of the year? Second yes, quarter? Yes, February 2022. Yeah. Feb, Feb, okay. And uh, 
for this one, I remember there was Modern and then there was Legacy, and I was very stoked about that. Um, so Modern was day one. I think it was a 10K, and then Legacy was day two, another 10K. I don't know why, but I was like, hey, I'll just stream this. I, I, like, I, I literally, for the love of me, cannot remember why. And back then, my setup was literally like a phone, like, like this, and then yep. I'm pretty sure if I'm organized well. Nope, I am not organized. Just kidding, I'm organized very well. And this, like, literal phone clamp, right? Like, so okay. that's all the tech I had. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where it's just like, all right, you don't have, like, the proper infrastructure to do things, like, super well, but it doesn't matter. Just get your phone and start making content, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I think that was just what, what happened there. And I remember, like, that was one of the most stressful events because I had nothing figured out i had nothing planned i was like okay if i just put like a camera over these tables i remember what it was it was um eyelash tv Aerith had done something similar for like the vegas event uh, a while ago just had a camera over her matches and i was like yeah well i you know i could do this too it doesn't seem too hard but when i was there in the moment what i suddenly realized was like there are so many complications to think about, like how, like internet, like power, like you know, permissions from Star City Games, like logistics are the most painful thing in the world to have to deal with, and I and I just wish I I never had to. That would make things so much easier. Um, but then even then, when you think about like professional coverage, there are bare bones items that you must have in order to get things to work, right? And I'm talking like life totals, names, deck archetypes round event like any sort of like information like that people would come in and be like well i don't know what i'm watching can you please explain i had none of that stuff figured out right and so that's where the scaling process began because my first stream was with my phone even my second stream was with my phone but the second stream i was like you know what all right this time i'm gonna have a proper tripod that hold up it's you can literally even see like like this right here right this is the tripod that I took all the way with me to Indy to um, stream, you know, match the, the team's event. Uh, and, and that was, honestly, it was successful. I got to add a little overlay with a, a little command that people could type in so they knew a little bit of what was going on, but it wasn't like great by any means. And then... What were your um, learnings from the those early, I'll call them earlier streams in the year? Because like, obviously the one of the learnings is like, you know, there's like table stakes stuff, uh, literally table stakes. Like you need to have certain things on the table in order mm -hmm. for it to, to work. Um, but like, are there other things that like, are just like that carried you for the rest of the year, just in terms of, I, I don't know, it might not even be like a gear thing. It, it might just be like other things too. Each show evolved in one way or another. Uh, and to me that was, um, like evolved in real time or. Well, as in the sense of just like, all right, like in one show, every show, I would come out and be like, all right, I have failed this way, that way, and, and this other way, right? And the next show, I'm going to solve two out of these three problems. So for for Dallas, or I think for Dallas, for example, is when I finally brought like a laptop and I had cameras connected to my laptop and I would just stream, you know, do that like better, right? And then the show after that, you know, was was DreamHack or something like, or no, Syracuse, I think it was, right? And for that show, I was like, all right, well, this time let's get the UI figured out and let's try to figure out how to create hype with my casters, right? Like, you know, like Reed Duke for Dallas and I had Reed Duke again for Syracuse, that kind of thing, right? It's just like thinking like, like, like from a more business side, like 
what is necessary. And then after that was just like, all right, well, look, I've, I've certainly figured out that my internet issues are insanely bad. So how can I solve that? Right? Like, so like every show there's something or the other that I wanted to improve on. And by the next show, I would have it ready. So like, for example, for eternal weekend, again, the problem that I was trying to solve for this show is the, um, just like beating glare. Uh, one of the things that people, I mean, obviously, you know, the sleeves that people use, and sometimes the image is not great. And to the point where like, you literally cannot see what's on the screen. And I understand like to, to, to any of these productions, two things must be good. Like, um, your audio, you can never mess up your audio. Audio is the most important thing. And then video, like the, it's just like a reflection of me, right? Like I want the quality of the video to be good. So beating glare is like what I have on the docket for this weekend show. Like I bought a new overhead setup. We can like add like those light umbrellas and things like that. The problem is, is like, while I'm pretty sure logistically that'll be fine for eternal weekend next year, you know, the logistic battle between myself and like star city games to allow me to just bring more stuff with me is, you know, that's something I'm thinking about too. And speaking of like, that's another thing that is also kind of like a, a long-term journey is, which is now that I've realized like, okay, these are my costs for every show. The idea is to figure out how to sort of minimize or maximize the value that I can minimize the cost, maximize the value of, of everything that's going on. So like airline status, for example, is something that I thought was like a joke or not really, but like, you know, it wasn't like a really high priority for me. And now I realize like I probably saved like five, $600 just by like not having to check my bags in every single time. Like that, mm. like those are the small sort of things that like, they just like poke you out of nowhere from show to show. And then... I don't know. You just you just get a little better every single time. So so it sounds um, like it's a series of problems that you're solving. Like you're you're just gradually yeah. making yeah. the product better. Like you're finding a new problem or whack a mole. You find a new you a mo there's a mole. You whack it and then there's another one. You whack it and then it takes like yeah. a lot of refinement, right? Um, right? I'm just wondering if like looking back, do you feel like a lot of them are just like inevitable problems that you had to come across or were, were they, were they, were some of them preventable? Just like if you, cause like, I imagine a, a really established outfit like SCG would not, cause they have years and years of that experience. So it's like, it's ingrained knowledge, but like for you, you're kind of starting from, from mm -hmm. ground zero. Right. So is there, is there any of that, that is like avoidable or is it just like, kind of like the growing pains? Um, I would say, I mean, like, after a certain show, I, I also I'm... sense something in you, in that you can be a little bit of a perfectionist in in, in, in areas, yeah. right? Like, oh, like, there's you know, such not... an interesting conversation behind that. Well, um, yeah, because like, because like, for example, you're talking about the glare, and maybe like another coverage person just doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah, like, yeah, right. So, because so, like, yeah, someone yeah. Would look at it and just be like, well, okay, it's there, it's out of my control. There's nothing I can do because like, here are the logistic requirements, right? Like, um, I I, I will say without a doubt that none of this coverage that I've done this year would have been possible without like the blessings of like Jared Silva, like at the Star City Game Circuit, right? Like he has been the guy who has been like supporting me throughout the entire year, being giving me accesses to do whatever. And, and I say this genuinely, like from, a, from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you, Jared, because without your help, it just wouldn't have been possible. The problem is, is that like, when I go to an SCG event, Jared doesn't have like full authority to like give me whatever I want. And I'm pretty sure he would if he could. And so, like, there are scenarios where, like, I'm traveling to places where I don't have internet. I don't have power. Like, I literally have to – I travel with, like, 11 to 12 battery banks that I use throughout the weekend. And that's just kind of, like, a weird position to be in, right? Um, yeah. Uh, th th things like that. Uh, and so when I 
like put a broadcast on, there are a lot of times where I'm just like, well, you know, like it's just the situation that I'm in, right? Like, it's just like, I cannot break out of the mold that has been crafted around me because I don't work at Star City Games. I don't work at like, you know, DreamHack or whatever. And I can't be like, hey, this needs to be fixed immediately, right? Like, it's just not within my mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I, I cannot accept no as an answer when it comes to this. this. This goes back to just like, I have some sort of like insatiable psychopathic drive to like put out something that is high quality because like back in the day, like that's what SCG was. Like Star City Games had very good quality. You know, the GPs at Channel Fireball, they were very good quality. The Pro Tour, I mean, I'm not gonna try to compete with the Pro Tour because there's so much more money in that, but like, I mean, there's more money in everything. But like still like, you know, like in order to create that sort of nostalgic vibe and then also to have a product that is like, because if you're marketing your product and you're just like, yeah, we have glare, that's just a, a bug. Like, like who's like, you you know, that, that doesn't sell well, right? Like mm -hmm. you, like someone's going to look at you and just be like, well, that's kind sure. of embarrassing. It has to fit well with your personal standard. I, I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and so I'm going to, and the standard, the gold standard is those players you've mentioned. So exactly. Right. So like, um, we might not have it right now, but I don't see any reason why we can't really replicate it. Cause like, there's so much cool tech out there that means allows coverage to be a little bit cheaper than it was back in the day. But regardless, like, yeah, I, I think, um, every single show, there's something that I see that could be a little bit better. And it, there is an element of realism to it. Like, I'm not going to spend $10,000 to like make one pixel on my screen a little bit better, but <laughs> like, it's not like that level of perfectionism, but yeah. like, like glare is something that is unacceptable right or mm -hmm. like having like life totals in a way like the one big thing that i like for example don't really know what to do about right now is like round timers that is that is a reasonable thing to think about too right it's just like people want to know like what turn are we in if we go or like how much time is left in the round does that impact how play, players are playing mm -hmm. and like i'm not even sure if that's something that i necessarily want that's that those are the kind of conversations that I'm having in my hand, right? Like additional features, like, are they worth having? Do they look good? Like there's like so much I could talk about for, for what I want to be. Like, maybe, maybe we can talk about just this one part, which is the round timers is like when I traditionally, when I watch coverage, um, you don't see a lot of matches while they're in turns or where they're at. So there's some kind of time limitation. They just switch to another table, right? Because mm -hmm. there's just so much of it going around. There's usually more than one feature match. Is that, um, how you see things, or do you want to have like your own take on it? Or maybe I'm outdated in my, in my understanding. No, no, I'm, no, not no. A, I, I'm not a professional coverage person. That's, that's so my, I, that's what I remember. So I think from my end, like one of the coolest things that I feel like I can do on my stream, which is, which is quite incredible is like I can do backup matches, right? Like, like, like time shifted proper, just like backup matches. So like, but I think it's like one of those things where it's just like when you are, providing like a quality package and you're just like, okay, well, this is a critical piece of information because it can dictate like whether or not the control player, you know, 45 minutes into the round is going to suddenly like, you know, aggressively cast a swords to plowshares on a Gaddic Teague or whatever it might be to like resolve an entreat because that's their only out kind of deal. You, you see what I'm saying? Like those, those like I, I'm speaking in legacy terms, but like, um, sure, those like, are the kinds of yeah, things that better I'm understand the gameplay where they're at. Yeah. Right, right. It impacts out. the gameplay. And, and like, at some point, like, I, Magic is a game where, like, okay, maybe someone who's new doesn't need this piece of information, but you don't want to just cater to one category of an audience, right? You want to, cat right. like, you want it to be, like, exciting, high quality for, for lots of people. And the people closer to the like, more experienced end of the spectrum will be like, yeah, I mean, the timer does tell me, like, okay, 13 minutes left for game three. That's not enough time. Something crazy is about to happen. Mm -hmm. the, the, like, it's like, it's like, is that information 
worth the amount of effort to put in to the stream, right? And sometimes I'm like, well, just put it in there because you want to have a final product. But then the other part of me is like, okay, well, you have like a hundred different things that you could be working on. Yeah. Is this really the one that you want to focus on more, especially at this kind of cost? Like, so like business yeah. decisions is almost. Is this the hill that you want to, you know, fixate right. or die on or live on, right? Um, yeah. In terms of, but in terms of like the like looking back, because like we won't go into like super specifics of everything, because like you've done at so many events, but like you mentioned the glare, but like in terms of like the technical items on your bucket list, do you feel like you're mostly there? Do you feel like, can you put a percentage number on like where you are like relative to your ideal technical production? So I think equipment wise, like here's the thing, right? Like an iPhone 14 or what is this? A note 22 is just a very solid piece of tech, right? Yeah. That's not where I personally find uh, my troubles are anymore because I think I've capped out on like the tech side of improvements. What I'm mostly worried about now are the logistical restrictions. Like, for example, if I go to a Star City Games event, right, I don't have a plug that I can plug my laptop into. What does that mm -hmm. mean, right? What are the ramifications of this? Well, I mean, that means I have a battery bank, okay? A battery mm -hmm. bank that will last me like four hours at a time. That means I need to find a way to charge my battery bank in between rounds or bring multiple battery banks, like, right? So then, the but like, you know, the correlation from that is then like, well, okay, that means that, you know, because I'm not, I don't have internet provided, for example, I can't have like Discord show me the videos for the people that are talking about the matches because it's just too much data and I, and I can't afford that, right? So like yeah. right now, those are the kind of things like there are parameters that are very clearly stopping me from going to like the full on coverage like level. And right. uh, I don't know how to break those because those are out of my control. And I don't like Cost being the restrictive kind of person that... or, or like org restrictive, let's call it, because you're not a contractor with SCG, so you don't have access yeah. to certain things. Right. Yeah. Like if I'm sure like if I signed a contract with like, you know, Jared and Pete and whoever, and then it was like, hey, every show, I'll go to the next three shows, you give me this, this, and this, and then I will provide that, that, and that. Like then it's very possible, you know, to have like, all right, like two computers yeah. on a setup. And I, look, I've seen like the gurus of this craft and what they can do. And I know what is exactly possible with like a couple suitcases worth of tech, right? So I know mm -hmm. that I have the potential to do something insane, like crazy, like really nice. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, this is why I was saying earlier, like the logistic permissions are the most important thing because that's not something that I can fix by just throwing money at uh, like mm -hmm. a problem. Mm -hmm. That's something that I have to talk to somebody about. I have to convince them what I'm doing is mm -hmm. really good. And that is a sort of salesmanship that is like, again, something that I've been working on because I'm not really the kind of person that really like toots my own horn. But in this situation, I realize that it is necessary to really to, yeah. impress upon the value of what I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the, um, the commentary side. Like clearly yeah. you've worked on that and you hire commentators like, um, just looking at this whole year, like what, how, how has that evolved? Like in terms of maybe your own personal output or like even like having a team or like, you know, mm -hmm. like have there been like any level of moments or realizations there? Yeah. So I think the most powerful thing that I have learned about this or, or, or like it's, 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 here's the thing, right? Magic commentary is in like such a, backwards position i don't feel like there are enough opportunities for the amount of people that want to do coverage to do coverage so finally being in a position where like all right like i 
I own this show and I really want to give the people that like, I want to give the people a chance. Right. So like for the summit, like two weeks ago, I worked with um, Felix Slew, who is a radio broadcasting student. And he was like, Hey, I'd like to do play by play for like the legacy event. And, you know, I was like, you know what? All right. I can make that happen because this is like my show. And whereas normally like, you know, I don't know who would Felix have approached in order to do something like this, right? It's like really, yeah. really, really hard because there just simply aren't enough events. So being able to give like the opportunity to, to a lot of people is is something that is quite nice. What I've also learned is that like coverage is the way I think about coverage is so different from the way that other people might think about coverage in the sense of like, I think about coverage um, almost like robotically, uh, very like logically, like, you know, and this is, it's just like, all right, you have a match, you talk about like the decks that are going to be played, you talk about a little bit about what's going on, and then you dive into the match, and then you, you know, get to do like more nuanced analysis, that kind of thing, right? But a lot of people do things differently. Some people see coverage as a way to like, just like, shoot the shit, kind of just like talk to the other person about whatever it might be. There was one match where I had two casters that basically did not talk about the match at all. And for me, like, that to me was like a red flag. I was like, this is not okay, right? Because mm -hmm. what I want is, you know like a quote unquote, like a professional package kind of deal. You see it as kind of like a symbiotic relationship. Like it needs to reflect like the game, right? Or it needs to, um, like there's certain norms that you feel need to be adhered to. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think there are like baseline requirements that as a caster, like you have to do. Um, and that is mostly like related to just like talking about the game. I feel like what end what ends up happening is that there are a lot of casters out there who, like do the meta thing where like okay I think like if you think about like why Cedric and Philip are great it's because they do a damn good job at talking uh, about Cedric game, and they... Patrick right I'm sorry yes yeah, Cedric and yeah. Patrick yeah my my apologies yeah. yeah Cedric Phillips and Patrick Sullivan why they're great is because they do a damn good job at the, about talking about the match um but then also they have like that like that that charm between the two of them right and I find that a lot of people will think that like that charm is what sells them when in reality it's like they're just like so fundamentally like their technicals are so mm -hmm. good that that's what really drives it and then yeah, yeah. the icing that they sprinkle on the cake is like just i mean their personality oh, totally like, like I, there's yeah. a baseline like uh ten thousand hours kind of thing where it's like you mm -hmm. have to get good at the building blocks before you can even like try to deviate from that like yeah. even this podcast like um it feels more conversational now i'm sure for you and other people this year but it's like I couldn't do this on day one, right? I had to actually right. figure out first, how do I, how the fuck do I actually interview people? Like, how do I, I used to have, if you remember, I used to have like an outline and things like that, but mm -hmm. you can only deviate from the playbook once you've done the basic playbook enough. People yeah. just like jump to like what they see, like someone else do. No, no, that doesn't work. Like you have to actually put in the damn hours first. Um, right. Sorry, this is soapbox like, time, but like you have to master the basics first. No, you're you're absolutely right. I, I, this is sort of like I, th I think like the most the the best way to explain this to like it was like imagine a magic player, right? And you have the decision, or like a poker player, and you have the decision between the technically correct play or like a bluff, right? And what will every pro tell you to do? Make the technical play, right? The same yeah. thing applies to commentary. It's just like do the technical commentary, and then like once you've done yeah. like. A majority of the work like then do you the level one thing literally say yes. what is happening yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly exactly yeah. and here's the problem i will never ever ever get upset at any of my casters because i tell them first of all like look like this is not like like the the end all be all we are not on the pro tour we're not on a grand prix right i'm just like a guy i'm just trying to provide coverage so like i appreciate that you are here um you know giving me your time and and so like fine just do you kind of deal right um 
However, one thing that I do note is that there's no real process for casters to get better. There's no commentary school. There's no like. Yeah, I don't that's think so most true. people like. It's like just telling watch. somebody like, "Here's a paintbrush, go paint." Yes, exactly. Right. Like, and and the, the worst part is, is like you 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 tell them that, and then like nobody really ever like goes back and watches their work mm -hmm. like you know that's how that's how you would actively get better so you know that's how wizards does it right like wizards actually has like a paul chion like analyze like commentators yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah, actually yeah. give I've, them I've... feedback like coaching yeah right and so like that is something that i would would be really cool to see at a lower level um not just at the hands yeah. of wizards like if you make like a i don't know this business idea for somebody who ever wants to take like a casting agency or whatever where you like train your professionals and then you can you know sort of market them out to different projects and things like that but like i, I do feel like commentary game in in magic a little bit weak i think the process mm -hmm. to like improve it isn't really there and that's probably why um, but then I think there are also like people in magic who have been doing it for so damn long that they're just really good. Like think about your Cedrics and your Patricks, but also like, you know, like Monty Davuti, like maybe one of the best play-by-play -play casters who's just like out there right now. Corey Baumeister also insanely very good at what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm thinking about. And what's also really interesting too, is it's just like being the best player does not make you a great caster, right? They're, they're two very different things. Nor the best say. coach or whatever adjacent profession. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very nuanced business. My real honest answer is just I just don't have the time to fucking like train somebody because I've got so much yeah. other stuff going on. But I do think that the people that do coverage and casting like could benefit from a lot of um, just like self retrospection, like watching your yeah. prior cat, like you know, casts and seeing, like, oh wow, reflecting on like what yeah, yeah, did, yeah right? exactly, kind of like playing just... magic. Like you should play less. Yes. You should do less grinding leagues and more actually watching replays. Right, yeah. exactly. And so that applies to, realistically speaking, everything. Um, <laughs> just like the sort of self-review thing is just funny because, like, I don't think, like, magic commentary has really been, like, molded or finalized into, like, a... like a yeah. People just don't see it the same way when it is something that needs to be seen that way. Yeah. So I don't know if you, like, um, have heard, like, somebody like a Tim Ferriss say this. Like, he's, like, a, kind of the four-hour work week, but also, like, he does a lot of podcasting. He has this phrase called like, it's like a visualization thing, right? It's like, what would this look like if this were easy? It's basically like a modified version of the um, 80-20 rule, which is like, you know, 20% of the, the work yields 80% of results. So it's kind of like, have you thought about thinking about coverage, like thinking about extremes, right? So I'll give you an example, right? Well, if you're not completely satisfied with commentary, can you push some sort of extreme word and just say like, I'm going to get really experimental. I'm just not going to have commentators or I'm going to use like AI or like some crazy like alternative to that or just have people like sit down and do commentary like guerrilla style, which I, I know you've done on occasion too. But um, like sometimes the best way to look at problems is to not look at it traditionally and just think about what would it look like if this was like easy or like crazy or like blow apart expectations i'm wondering if you think about this when it comes to like the technical aspect or about coverage because like wow and you have to be frugal because you have to be frugal so it's like sometimes frugality dictates just flip the fucking thing around like maybe there are no <laughs> sacred cows right maybe it's yeah. all i mean everything's in our minds but you know what i mean right 
Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I mean, now that my my first takeaway is, is damn, maybe I need to do like some sort of like reflection of my own process to see how I can sort of evolve and iterate that. Because no, I'll be very honest. Like, I haven't really tried to like shatter the um, you know, the the box or whatever I have. Yeah, and to be fair, like, there's a certain like adherence for like like things work because they work, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. It sounds very Mm -hmm. reductive, but like, there's a tried and true method. So I'm not saying like blow it up and like just make it look like something from outer space but like it, it's useful sometimes i think to to just think about like what would this look like if i had no constraints or like yeah. if i had to do this with zero dollar budget or something yeah oh that is uh somebody had asked me that before and i actually i didn't i didn't have an answer um because that's when I was, yeah, it's funny, as I was applying for sponsorships and someone said like hey if money is not a concern what brands do you want to work with and i and i had never actually thought about that question, and so I will admit that that is that is one of the questions that like I I don't have a good answer for because I just haven't thought about it. But if I had to guess, like if money wasn't like an issue, oh my goodness, no! I think the first thing that I would so here I I do have a firm like a fundamental belief, which is like I like to find people and I like to grow with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've told this to some of the teams that I've worked on. Is just like look, like you may not be the best now. But let's give it like four or five shows, and I want you to improve because it's sort of just like I invest in them, and then like eventually like they get better, and then I sort of like we work together, and so I get my broadcaster better to, because I have better casting, right? Like that's yeah. that like is you're growing one of the together, mindset. yeah. You're you're yeah yeah yeah. I also am kind of okay with taking chances on a lot of people. Um, <laughs> to the point where, like, you know, I mentioned Felix earlier, um, but his very first round, he didn't have the proper mic output connected. Yeah. And, and like, I heard it was, like, webcam quality audio, and I was just like, oh, no, I can't believe I've taken a chance on this. And then, you know, I realized, wait a minute, he's a radio broadcasting system. So, like, in between rounds, I was like, wait, adjust your mic, fix it to the whatever it was, right? Like, those are the kind of things, like, that, like, can go both well and then also poorly at times. So... It's it's tricky. I, I I would say I take a healthy amount of chances when it comes mm-hmm. to to casting because I'm in a position where like okay then this might be something that's all honestly kind of nice for me specifically. But Star City Games and Channel Fireball and Wizards they're not allowed to fuck up, right? But I'm just a guy who's traveling across the country, and mm-hmm. so like if I mess up, like if my internet cuts out one day, I mean. I did what I could, guys. Like I literally flew out, and then like I, I I did everything right, but my internet like crapped out because of this, this, or that reason. Or like I can't fix the glare because like you know logistic reasons. Not, not to say that I don't want to like like be okay with yeah. those answers, but like if for some reason something went wrong, like yes, I could. Yeah, people are not going to crucify me like they would like an actual company. So like yeah. I, I get to take a lot more chances, and I get to take a lot more risks on people specifically. And I think honestly, like here's the thing too: when it comes to like your broadcasts, like I do believe that the co- the commentators are sort of just like the heart of the show because they are, um, what is it called? The they are like the interface between the mm-hmm. on screen gameplay and the audience, right? And so mm-hmm. they get to control basically the entire vibe of the mm-hmm. cast, which is why, you know, this is why one of the things like Corey Baumesh may be like one of my f- more favorite casters is because he's got so much fucking energy that he just like, he just like, yeah, kills it, right? Like I did, yeah. I did casting once Absolutely. with Corey and he's like a young puppy. Like he's just like, he's smiling all the time. He's always positive and enthusiastic. Yes. And like, he might call out some things here and there, but that's just like part of the job, right? Like, and so I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that 
I personally find valuable and or interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, too, to see how, like, a lot of people also react to coverage, too, because, like, you know, Jarvis, for example, is someone who, when he first started streaming, he was... He's this is a very, uh, Jarvis U, right? From Jarvis U, exactly, right? And other... Yeah. Very analytically minded, very, like, educationally based, and then if you look at him today, he not only does all of that, but he does understand that, like, he's... He's playing the game, right? And so sometimes mm. if somebody top decks the lethal lightning bolt, he's going to scream and he's going to yell. And I think that's not something that he used to be able to do. He knows how to sell himself, right? He understands mm. what the job is asking for. Like, those are the kinds of, like, developments that I'm looking to also see in the people that I work with, right? Just, like, understanding, like, hey, you know, like, it's a show. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be fun. How do I make this more fun as a caster? Mm -hmm. And, like, this is the one thing also that makes me really sad about, like, the work I do sometimes is that I want to be in that seat but I have to be in my seat. It's like one of those adult decisions. Um, at some point though, I do need to figure out because, and this is not what you're asking for, but like, I think developing my brand also requires me to be in that seat, the casting seat so that people can sort of hear me talk and get excited about my broadcast yeah. as opposed to my broadcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Just or maybe the, at least the person in front of the camera somehow like conducting the interviews or like things between yeah. rounds, which you have done, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's the, it's funny because I, my very, very first show, uh, or maybe it was my Dallas, it was the Dallas show. It was the one that had peaked 3,000 viewers. The only piece of feedback that I got on Twitter was some random person being like, hey, look, man, the matches of Magic were great. You were the weakest part of the broadcast. And like, I'm not going to obviously like break down at the side of one uh, Twitter comment, but like, it really did speak to me. And yeah. part of me has to wonder how I can sort of improve on that process. Um, uh, but that is also, that's another thing too. Like you're asking how I can improve my streams. I think the, the off match segments where like it's, um, you know, there's no magic playing or whatever, filling up that time with like B roll or like funny clips or videos and things like that. That's like, I think also the next step to my, my, mm -hmm. my, uh, broadcast It's just like how to find like interesting things to put on the stream that kill downtime. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you could always do it. The um, what's the guy who's always like rebroadcasting -pro old magic? Oh, matches. Will. Yeah. Will, oh, Will Will's Hall. a great guy. Will's yeah. a great guy. He, Maybe yeah. that's a good uh, filler or something. Just like just yeah, or like, like Star footage. City Games best of highlights and things like yeah. that. You know, or like here's what I could do. I could literally like sell like, hey, cool stuff. Yo, let's play this video during like a five minute yeah. video during this break. You yeah. know, like of Admiral. your content on your page, selling your cards. Like, there's so many things to go about it, but. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, honestly, James, you, you've given me like another wave of like, uh, um, I mean that, cause that, that idea is free and it's, and the content is free. Just, just go with it, you know, or yeah. I don't know, maybe like Anu's, um, classic matches when you played against Reed Duke or whatever. Um, oh God, not that one. Anything with, <laughs> that was a, that was a great match technically, or, uh, but then like the Elo comments Hunter, were Elo punters, is it Elo punters like highlights? If those, exist? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. there's so many different things. Um, but again, it's one of those things where like, I guess like if I want to iterate on my show, that's one of the things that I would one of the most necessary things to do. And like, for example, other things too, small things, just like have an intro reel, have a, you know, intro segments yeah. and outro segments and things like that, right? Like to make it feel like a professional broadcast. Yeah. And I think that is something that um, I could easily improve upon. It's just gonna take a time, effort, money, yeah. Bunch of those yeah, things, everything's know. a hill that you have to climb and Everything. It, it takes Everything. time. There's no easy way to the top. No, just, yeah.
Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking about GP Reduke, not in the sense that you guys played a match together, but just in terms of like, that was a very interesting way to do coverage where like they mm -hmm. mic the player. I mean, is that something that could possibly be doable instead of commentary, like the traditional commentary or spliced, or is that just like a logistical nightmare? <laughs> no, I think it's, um, it's pretty simple actually. The problem is, is like, so I've tried. The problem it is the hero arc because like people want to follow Reduke and yes. someone who is not as charismatic or not everybody uh, known is is, is yeah. uh, literally not anyone else's Reduke. So that's um, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 where it's getting getting interesting. So like I'll tell you like one idea that I had in mind was um, uh, teaming up with like any of the you know like Team Ultra Pro or Team Ultimate Guard or whoever it is, and then like broadcasting their players throughout the day. Because here's the thing about yeah. coverage, and this is something that I... I then there's kind realized. of a narrative, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is the most important word for coverage in the history of all words. Yeah, right? yeah. The story, uh, right? Right. Yeah. It's the story. It's just like, why should you come back the next stream to watch me? Well, or, or like to watch the end of the content, right? And like, there are two ways to go about it. And this is something that I learned from Cedric. Uh, but basically he said like, for the Star City game series, there were a couple options. The first was you find like really wacky decks in the metagame and you use that to lure people in to watch, right? Because yeah. they want to see like how does like Grixis Tinker Breach do in Vintage or whatever, right? Yeah. The problem is is like metagames are never, like they will eventually get solved and then you have really boring content. The mm. second thing, and this is the one that SCG chose because it makes so much sense, it's just so much easier, is to find players that are charismatic, that play really well, that you know draw the people in. And that's mm -hmm. why they had the Players' Championship to begin with, because that was mm -hmm. their marketing tool. They have the leaderboard, sell... like people come in like week in yeah. and week out. Yeah, yeah. you want people to watch like all the, the Zan Syeds and all the, you know, Jeremy Bertarioni, all the people that like grind day in, day out to dominate your circuit. You want to see that, right? And so now that is the problem right now with my show more than anything else is that, well, okay, Continuity, things, right, is one of the challenges. Yes, exactly. To have like a leaderboard circuit, for example, that gives people a reason to not only play in your circuit, but then also to come back and watch the success, the the narratives of the people that are competing. And that's one of the things I think that NRG does really well. They right. have that leaderboard circuit. They have the championship series and things like that. And it's not as big as Star City Games, but I don't give a shit. Like, it's just fun to be able to tune in and see, like, okay, well, this player is doing this well at this event, and that's the impact is, like, they're going to make the end-of-year slot, things like that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. narratives, very important. Oh, yeah. Uh, very important. We all know about well, I shouldn't say we all know, but a lot of people know about it, but it's very hard to pull off in practice, for sure. Exactly, because you've got to find the right people, too, right? Like, like Ross Merriam is one person that I would love to make a storyline about because Ross is just freaking hilarious. He's got great yeah. stories. He's got he knows how to tell them very well too. Reed is like the perfect example, but Reed is also just like like an angel. You can, he just he's like perfect in every <laughs> capacity. So like you know yeah, I think the traveling grinder narrative is yeah. always good. It's about like hitching yourself to that particular wagon. Like you got to find a wagon yeah. and it's got to work out. And sometimes like things also don't work out. Like some players, you might follow them and then they crash and burn. Some players, like you don't expect to, it to work out and then they have this spectac spectacular rise. Like that's what makes um, uh, coverage or uh, magic interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another thing too, which is like, of course, everything's a function of time, but I think people also enjoy the kind of like creators documenting the creative process. Have you thought about like also just like, you know, 
while you're doing your road trip, while you're like getting through terminals, like almost like the Casey Neistat kind of like vlog hmm. stuff where it's like you're showing the behind the scenes, like you're letting people develop an empathy for how hard it is to fucking do coverage because like it's all the all the stuff that you just described over the past <laughs> hour. Like this is some real shit and people only see the the last 5%, the final product. Like, is there something there that poten potentially you can document, build an audience, or maybe even like monetize off of if we're being honest? Well, so this goes back to your, this is not a, this is a smart idea actually now that I think about it, but like, it's just developing that personality, the brand development, right? Like, again, I, I understand that a lot of the reason, like there's so many pros out there now who would just like, you knew them back in the day because they were freaking good at magic. And now you don't know where they are. And that's because they just didn't develop a brand for themselves. Right. Like, yeah. and I think that, and they're not me, able to tell their story independently of like a pro tour production and things like right. that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's why you still see Reed Duke at the top of, uh, you know, Twitch streams and you see like Caleb and Spike and then like even like um, Mangucci. Mangucci is the perfect person to sort of describe how like he took um uh, in addition to like him just being like a monster at magic, he also put his heart and soul out onto his Twitch streams and like look at that, people love him now, right? And so I think in a sense that's something that's very important for me to also do. Um like I mentioned though, it's kinda hard because I'm working behind the scenes so much that um yeah, that's not really an excuse. I should find a solution to it. So um, but, but yeah, like I think, uh, turning the whole weekend adventure into something that is not just about the magic, but then also the process, like right now, like what I want to do is sort of act as quote unquote, the host role for these shows. So like go live half an hour before the event, you know, have 30 minutes of maybe like a metagame discussion or things like that. And then once the matches start, like feed over to my casters and things like that. But this is the sort of content too, that I think could be very useful as well. Um, just like almost like vlogging the the whole experience. And you could um, remix that into like, you know, intermission or like, cause like about the con thing about content is just like, you gotta mm -hmm. figure out how to like repurpose it and remix it, right? So this could yeah. be like stuff that goes on different platforms. It could be like stuff that you play between rounds. Like it could be a lot of, there could be a lot of things. Like you could even make this into like, a podcast like you know like yeah. you know while you're traveling just like monologuing or like talking to people like you could remix this in a lot of different ways um of course it all takes work but uh, yeah no that is the <laughs> that is the that is the hard part no but i think like those are the kind of ideas that like i need to inject into the stream because i think that is currently where i am lacking the most i can put out i can do like the technicals i can put out the, the magic the gameplay but then it's all the other stuff that turns a stream from just another coverage broadcast into like a full on production. But then also like the brand development thing too, right? Like like right yeah. now, you know, the saddest thing is, is I don't have a logo. I, I don't have a logo. And I, I, I can't for the life of me tell you why I don't have a logo. I should have a logo. Um, but those are the kind of things that don't, I need to. Don't really... you have one just with your Twitch or you want something different? Um, something probably dedicated to like me agnostic of like Twitch. Oh, okay. like, Cause I think my, my icon for Twitch right now is just like an old picture of Sensei's Divining Top or something like that. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, that's not, that's not like a logo logo. So like, I think, um, that those are the kind of things that I really need to work on. So sort of just like develop my brand mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, 2023. That's what the majority of the focus is going to be. I think, cause I think right now I've got the product and I can sell it. But what I need to do is to sort of like do all the extra filming and stuff like that. So all the sort of video editing that you're working on right now, 
I think I'm gonna have to dive in there with you, just like you know, paddling the other. Uh, I know you don't like or... it. Like I don't know. I don't. It, it'll be really hard to don't. get a videographer, but it'd be nice if you were like a Gary Vee and someone just literally followed you around all day and just like recorded every thing that came out of your mouth, right? I've so. literally talked to somebody about doing something similar to that, so we'll see how that uh, how that goes. Because you could turn that into like a. It's just good. Co- it'd be good content. Like it'd be expensive, um, yeah. but like. If I'm not going to do it, there's got to be some cost to it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm also the kind of person that is not afraid of trying something once at least. Um, like if it's really if it is a really good video, if it gets received well, that kind of thing, then I'm like all for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, taking a chance on that kind of thing, especially something that has like very apparent value at the surface level, mm-hmm. pretty easy to, to, to just dive into, sort of lock into. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't have even thrown these suggestions at you through this interview if I didn't feel like you were like a very adventurous person from a content perspective. Like, mm-hmm. kudos to you, man. I I, I want to say this directly to you. Like, you always <laughs> strike me as someone who's like just willing to um, like try new things. I think that's really important. Like to have that spirit of um, yeah uh, uh, experimentation. Basically, I think that's so key. Um, um, I do want to. I do want to leave you with one last question, which is, mm-hmm. how do you feel about where Magic itself is going, or competitive Magic, or what you're covering um, in the in the near future? Because you're so you're so tuned in to like regionals and like these events. Like, how how yeah. are you feeling about it? You know, um, that's a really good question. I do think uh, I'll just repeat. Like earlier, I said that we're kind of just in the era of content creation and commander and things like that and i think um competitive magic there's a lot of people that want it you know what i mean like and i think it's it's really hard for me too because i feel like i i'm I'm sort of like in an echo chamber sometimes like i want to access the people that don't care about you know the the pioneer rc or like all the commander people that you know go to watch commander content and things like that those are the people that i would like to break into right because i think the the 25 or 10% of the audience that cares about pro magic and you know i i have i have those people they know that i you know what i provide and things like that cool all right yeah but what about the people that don't and so i don't know i think there's a ceiling to how much value competitive magic will provide um, so like like an interesting way to put this is like for DreamHack Atlanta, right? Like the show went pretty well. I think we peaked at about 3,500 viewers, but we never went above that. And I don't know if that necessarily means that that is the satur- like the content saturation, like that is the highest the market will go, or if there are other reasons that factored into why we couldn't go above 3,500. Like maybe people just didn't know about it. I'm sure, I mean, because here's the other thing too, right? Like, like Wizards had about 11,000 uh, CCVs and they had about 15,000, uh, like peak viewers. So clearly, you know, something like mm-hmm. 3,500 compared to 15,000, like that's a math problem mm-hmm. or there's a solution to that. And I don't know what it is, but like, I have to wonder if we couldn't access the rest of the market because they're not the traditional, you know, Hey, we like competitive magic right like if you think about mm-hmm. the the wizards of the coast channel they have access to like weekly mtg for example where they just talk about cool shit that's happening with all the sets a lot of people probably just tune in for that and those yeah. are the people that won't really tune in for watching you know like i don't know round eight of a star city games event um and so yeah finding out how to access those people is a real challenge and i don't yeah. think it's only competitive magic that is the key to this puzzle right 
So you're saying that you're, you're willing to be flexible and maybe consider like finding ways to tap into those audiences, right? Not saying yeah. that it's exactly like uh, a superset of the competitive audience, but they might even be just like a, a different blob, a different segment, but like maybe a bigger segment. So you're willing to, to maybe try to figure out if there's ways to go there, like uh, right. maybe even coverage covering like commander cons or whatever they're oh, called. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, commander is just like one of the craziest, like things to think about. Um, so like, for example, like, uh, was it Olivia's channel affinity for artifacts or whatever. It's about like 400, 500 viewers per like commander session or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I watched it and I was like, eh, all right. Like, like the, the actual like output quality of what I'm putting is much higher than this, but then it's just like the, another market, another market yeah. of people that, you know, I just have no access to. These are people that like, if you're watching commander, you're really going to watch modern. Like maybe there's like a 10, 20% max sort of, uh, um, yeah, not that much overlap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm thinking about in terms of like how yeah. I could improve. That's like, the, the dilemma, reach. right? You have to be true right. to yourself, and like we had talked about how like you know maybe you don't want to go like all in on like commander content and just do what everyone else is doing, even yeah. if it gives you higher numbers, because like how maybe you won't be able to sustain your motivation that way, or you're going to be yeah. one of like 200 people doing it, right? So, so yeah, that is uh, those are tricky questions. I like I love competitive magic and i think uh some of the changes to competitive magic have been really good like i think huey kind of did a very good first step in, in updating the process i still think it's a little bit unfortunate that there's only one rc that you have to spike in order to get to the pro tour uh, a lot of people do not like the whole one and done event kind of deal of me being one of them because i don't think it shows skill over time but like that's the world that um Ooh, I mean, there. It could also just be like the presentation of those events could just be way better too, right? Like if if you had like narratives, for example, in in that universe, that's that's sick, right? Like that'd be so cool. So that's something to figure out. But again, that's also just like money and like you know a lot of resources you got to pour into it. And I think it can be done pretty well. Um, but it's like the idea, having the idea and then executing on the idea, and so. That's yeah, where of course. Ideas are free, right? Lie, yeah. 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 All right, man. Anus, thank you so much, man. It was uh really nice to to catch up with you and do this real deep dive. Like, uh, what's the best place for people to find you where you would like to be found? Yeah, at unzitmtg on Twitter, uh twitch.tv slash unzitmtg, and you guessed it, youtube.com slash unzitmtg. So I think that's like my one superpower. At least I've got my name down on all my platforms. Um, all right, all right. But yeah, yeah, definitely check uh check it out there because that's when I'll be I like also like yeah patreon.com slash unzmtg. I'm not shy to ask for support for any of the coverage ventures that I'm working on next year. There's going to be a lot of events, and I plan on being on as at as many of those as possible. Like I think the only thing that would really stop me from traveling is uh, having a kid, which is you know on the radar, but whatever. Like until then, uh, pro magic or high stakes <laughs> magic. I'll try to get a camera over it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing your continued success. Uh, keep grinding out there. And uh, hopefully we can talk sometime next year and just kind of do another checkpoint and see where you're at. And uh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. 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 I wish you all the best, man. Truly. Thank you. All right. Sounds good.